Hello, and welcome back to another Fact Podcast. I'm Dr. Fred Clary, founder of Functional Analysis Chiropractic Technique. And today we're going to cover a subject that's been in the news, like many other uh, podcasts we've done in episodes. But this one's a little different. We're going to cover something so basic, it's been overlooked by medicine, healthcare, sports, and just pretty much everybody. And that's breathing. Breathing, yes. Breathing in, breathing out. Now, of course, if we're choking or if someone has a terrible condition like asthma, breathing does become important. But otherwise, we take it for granted that it's always there. And I can't tell you how many times someone with a chronic health condition, no matter what it is, has gone to their medical doctor, their chiropractor, their osteopath, and even their certified midwife or a well woman care check. And the only part they look at breathing is the amount of respirations. That's just giving you a number per minute um, that someone breathes in and out. That's not telling you the quantity. That's not telling you the quality. And that's not telling you if they're breathing all the time. It's a snapshot. Like with sleep apnea, there's a lot of research in sleep apnea. Um, you know, they may breathe fine during the day, but at night they're, they're choking themselves. And they actually stop breathing. That's why we have to use a, a, a CPAP, you know, a continuous positive pressure air blown up your nose or into your mouth to keep your airway open so you can breathe. Um, I use a CPAP, and when they were doing my test, I'd stopped breathing so many times, they stopped the test right away and said, all right, you need one of these things. So, you know, why is that important? Well, let's just stick with the sleep apnea or choking yourself at night. And we usually think of people who snore, and if you're snoring, that is sleep apnea. You, you are not breathing correctly all the time. And that means you have poor mechanical breathing at night. And most of the research out there shows that it increased your risk for um, high blood pressure, stroke, heart disease, increases fatigue. There's actually research that show because you have poor mechanical breathing at night that you have increased risk for diabetes. I know many patients, I know many humans who've had trouble controlling their diabetes and they haven't had a sleep study. Well, I don't snore. Well, it's not about snoring. You could still have terrible breathing at, at night. And if you're stopping your breathing, it changes your pH, it changes some of your blood chemistry, which we'll get into, and leads to poor performance of all your organs, including your pancreas, including all your cells, and actually leads to more insulin res- resistance and your ability to even utilize exogenous or injected pharmaceutical med- medical insulin is actually reduced just because you don't breathe correctly at night. My technique, functional analysis chiropractic technique, is based on breathing and movement. We actually learn to look for quality breathing mechanics and correct those. Because if you have poor breathing mechanics at night, you have it during the day. You're, you're human all the time. So your human respiratory mechanics carry through to the next morning. Um, it's just not as apparent because you're awake and you, you, the muscles in the back of your throat don't relax as much. But you still have some poor mechanics. I always uh, laugh when, you know, someone says, well, I don't snore. And, you know, they get a sleep study and they're god-awful. So snoring is just a sign of poor breathing mechanics at night. But you could 
also, you know, have poor mechanics without um, all the snoring. So what does poor breathing mechanics do? Well, it leads to decreased oxygenation. It's hard on your heart when you stop breathing and start up again, start breathing. It changes your pH. You actually, you know, your carbon dioxide levels get thrown off. So in our body, we actually directly measure carbon dioxide. We indirectly measure oxygen. But we have special cells in in our blood vessels in our brain that measure that carbon dioxide level. When that rises up, we increase our respiratory rate, you know. The problem is, if you increase your respiratory rate, you actually blow off too much carbon dioxide. You need a certain level in your body to maintain the balance of all the chemistry there. This is not the place for um, respiratory uh, physiology and chemistry, which um, I teach on weekend courses. But for those you know, listeners out there, it's enough to know that if you're breathing too often, hyperventilation, and I'm not talking the hyperventilation that if you're in an alley and you see a black cat or you think someone's chasing you, we just start breathing very fast. And you know, to re- reduce that, you breathe into a paper bag, which means you rebreathe carbon dioxide. That raises carbon dioxide levels, and your brain says, whoa, stop breathing so fast. And that slows down your breathing. That's how that works. It's a little inverse relationship there. But if you do have bad mechanics of breathing at night or during the day, you you blow off too much carbon dioxide. And when you blow off too much carbon dioxide, oxygen binds tighter to the uh, red blood cell, to the hemoglobin molecule, even at the level of the blood-brain barrier. So there's a lot of people that put their little oxygen meter on their index finger and they look oh, i'm 97 i'm 99 i'm doing great yeah but your breathing mechanics is terrible and i bet you that at your brain level it could only be 95 or 93 or 80. so that's not a really good sign of where you know your overall long-term um, breathing mechanics and uh, oxygen level is why is that important well i'm not talking about an acute situation we're talking chronic that you have poor mechanics throughout the entire day, which leads to a bad week of breathing mechanics, a bad month of breathing mechanics, and a bad year. And slowly over time, we get all kinds of changes in our body. Um, Some of the best athletes, I know the NFL almost requires everyone (laughs) to use a CPAP because they want them fully functional. And look at the level of performance that has gone up in the last 15 years just because of that. So with hyperventilation, Um, you get all kinds of changes, just not the ones in carbon dioxide. Um, You get some hypophosphatemia, that's phosphate levels, and it impairs the the creation of 2,3-diphosphoglycerate. You don't have to remember um, 2,3-diphosphoglycerate or 2,3-DPG, but what happens when we decrease 2,3-DPG, oxygen in our tissues can't be utilized. Like I said, you can have 99 um, on your finger, but it's not getting into the tissues. Yeah, you have 99% blood in your capillaries, in your bloodstream, in your pipes, but it ain't getting to your muscles. It ain't getting to your brain. It ain't getting to your heart liver. It's not getting there. So poor breathing mechanics. And, you know, they, they, when we have too much of that arterial carbon dioxide tension, you know, you're blowing too much of it off. You usually, like, for, for one small change in, say, they measure it in millimeters of mercury. So for one click 
of that arterial carbon dioxide tension, you know, too much, or, you know, where you start, you know, decreasing carbon dioxide, you get a 2% reduction in cerebral blood flow. So believe it or not, poor breathing mechanics decreases your oxygenation to all your tissues chemically. And because of this chemical response, the the capillaries and the arteries and arterioles, smaller arteries, decrease blood flow to your brain. It's already been studied. It's already done. So you get a little cerebral uh, hypoxia, um, and that produces all kinds of weird cardiovascular responses and can lead to an increase in heart rate and increase in high blood pressure. We talked about that and some vascular resistance that actually changes cardiac output and leads to all kinds of heart issues, all from not having good mechanical breathing. And that's why in my technique, functional analysis technique, we assess that and we, we adjust, we do chiropractic manipulative therapy, we actually adjust someone so the nervous system knows how to breathe correctly. That's what our focus is on, on every single adjustment. Now, knowing that, how did I get there? How did I even look at breathing? Well, what I was looking for when I created my technique was a chiropractic method of therapy, of technique, that would help every patient, just not the necks and backs, but improve someone's quality of life, their wellness, their longevity. So I went to longevity studies. There's a lot of them out there. And I was thinking, well, let's find out what would increase the longevity of most patients? So I thought reducing the cholesterol, eh, wrong. There are no studies showing that reducing cholesterol, you know, leads to a longer life. Actually, there's some studies that show a higher cholesterol leading to a longer life. That was confusing for me. And we talked about that in a cholesterol uh, podcast. Well, what about blood pressure? Nope. Of course, there's lots of studies showing high blood pressure leads to kidney disease and strokes, but there's none saying that slightly high blood pressure decreases longevity. Wow, I was really looking for that. That blew my mind. Body weight. So being grossly overweight. I'm a powerlifter. I was overweight. That's going to lead to all kinds of problems. Nope. There are a lot of Italian opera singers that die in their 70s and 80s of a good long life being 150 pounds overweight. So I'm like, wow. And remember how logic works. If it's not true for one of a set, it's not true for the complete set. So that kind of got me mad. So maybe it's smoking. Maybe, you know, no, I, I saw a lot of correlation to a lot of diseases with smoking. We've known that. But there's plenty of people who smoke a pack of cigarettes a day and they die at age 95, hit by a bus. And again, if it's not true for one of a set, it's not true for the whole set. I was looking for something that was true 100% of the time and work backwards from there. Well, I did find one, and that was the Buffalo Health Study. And what the Buffalo Health Study did, and they looked into thousands of cases, and there's been plenty of studies since then. But in the 1990s, they looked over, there was a 29-year study. And this came out, oh... The year 2000. So the Buffalo Health Study came out in the year 2000, about 20 years ago. But it was a 29-year, basically a 30-year follow-up of all these different factors that looked for longevity. And the only direct correlation, 
and you know finding they could they could get for all that's ALL that means 100% all cause um, mortality what would reduce all cause mortality was lung function they actually saw a a relationship between pulmonary function all cause and cause specific mortality Fred, are you telling me if you fell off a ladder and you breathe better, you survive longer? Yes, according to this study, better breathing mechanics led to longer survival. Well, as a biologist, that only made sense to me. You know, better oxygenation, better brain power. But no one looked at the science of breathing. When I started reading textbooks on respiratory medicine, they were more into, okay, we have somebody with cystic fibrosis or asthma. How do we treat this? The chapter on normal breathing was very scanty, a lot of chemistry, but most of them were very scanty. And none of them covered what's a breath look like in a normal human, if they're standing, if they're sitting, if they're walking, what's good mechanical breathing look like? There's more information on what the mechanics of a squat, bench press, deadlift, or even a golf swing should be, depending on your size, then there are basics like breathing mechanics. I'm not kidding. It was very frustrating for me. So then I started my own study. And we've come up with some, some truisms, some um, facts that will help you. One, you got to breathe low and slow. You, your breath should come from around your belly you know, diaphragmic breathing, I've heard, but it's really lower than that. You want, the, you want the movement to come from your stomach when you inhale, from your torso. You want to breathe just not from the front, but from the sides and the back. And power lifting, we call that pushing against the belt. Just not pushing in the front of the belt, but the sides too. In martial arts and boxing, you learn to control that breathing and tighten your whole core. That whole abdominal cylinder must be tight. And that's what I'm talking about, breathing through the sides of your, of your abdomen, the front, the back, learning how to control your breathing that way where you're breathing down low and slow. Slow meaning you're getting full respiration and really controlling it. And the slower and deeper we breathe, the more oxygenation our heart gets. So, you know, even me just talking this fast, I know I'm not oxygenating. And you can imagine what a rapper would do, right? But... When you're doing an athletic event or you're thinking or trying to sleep, that breathing must be controlled and slow. What does that mean for you and me? Well, what it means is no matter what condition you have, whether you're weak in the squat, weak in the bench, weak in the deadlift, whether you have Crohn's disease, headaches, heart disease, fighting an infection, asthma, COPD, whatever condition you have, find a practitioner that can help you with your respiratory mechanism. You know, whether that's a yoga instructor, and that's working with your other doctors, but someone or, or a martial arts instructor, someone who's going to teach you how to breathe correctly. Or, of course, you can find a fact practitioner that automatically does that as part of their training. But you really should focus on your breathing and controlling it. Because that is the secret to longevity. All the medical uh, studies show that. It shows that once you learn how to belly breathe, um, we activate the parasympathetic system. That's the relaxation nervous system of the body. Um, It relieves muscle tension. It allows for a stronger mental function. 
Um, it increases the body and mind connection. Um, it releases natural waste such as carbon dioxide. I know people who are constipated and they just don't know how to breathe. Once they learn how to breathe, they're running to the bathroom. Um, it increases oxygenation to all your cells. It slows your heart rate, lowers your blood pressure, increases blood flow and oxygen utilization to your muscles. I'll say that again. Proper mechanical breathing increases blood flow to your muscles and proper utilization of oxygen to those muscles. Are you listening, athletes? Are you listening, doctors who have all these conditions? I have patients come in with fibromyalgia. They have a handful of pills and potions and lotions but no one's taught them how to breathe and mechanically they're not even breathing right. No one is really focused on this because it's so easy to give someone a pill instead of, okay, before we give you the pill, let's just see if you're mechanically breathing correctly. Thank God for sleep apnea because now we have all this research on um, poor breathing mechanics at night and deoxygenation, poor carbon dioxide and oxygen balance. Before, I, people just thought I was a quack or as a wacko. Now I'm mainstream because I refer out for sleep studies. And when a patient has a heart or a stroke or something like that, I say, well, let's get a sleep study first. got to find out where this was caused from. It's just not all the McDonald's french fries you ate. It could be caused by poor oxygenation over time. Who wouldn't want to be at 100% oxygen? Tell me, t- tell me how that serves you. I mean, it seems, it seems common sense, but I can't tell you how many athletes, lifters I see who are going with less than 100% oxygen at night. And guess when we repair? You're not repairing when you're in the gym. You're not repairing when you're at, at work, when the, the mom's running around raising five kids. You repair when you sleep. That's when your hormones, your tissues get to repair and heal. You don't heal during the day, of course, unless that's your schedule and you sleep at the, during the day. So it, during your time of healing and repair, you're not oxygenated. Wow, that's amazing. And someone will look at me and say, well, I don't want to get a sleep study and I don't snore. And I'm like, how do we know what's wrong with you? You spent 10 grand on MRIs, all these tests. I bet you and almost 100% of the time, and I've been doing this 30 years, we'll find that they have something wrong with their sleep. So... Why not learn how to breathe low and slow? Breathe into your belly. Something easy you can do is breathe in slowly through your nose for four seconds. Put your hands on your belly and make sure the belly's pushing out and there's no movement of the rib cage, just belly. And then blow it out, exhale for a four count. And that again is four seconds. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi, or those on the East Coast, one Baltimore Ravens, two Baltimore Ravens, that kind of thing. So when you blow out, you want that full four seconds. And when you inhale, you know, through the nose, exhale through the mouth, very simple things. There's more tricks. You can get on the internet and Google and figure them out. But what I'm presenting here today is Find a practitioner that actually cares about your breathing mechanics. Not just, oh, you're breathing 14 times a minute, you're good. And they're listening to your lungs. They want to hear if you have pus or rattle or restrictions. That's great. That's, that's a step in the right direction. But what's the quality? Just not the quantity of air moving in your lungs, but how, what does it look like? Are you, are you really working hard just to exchange oxygen? 
are you spending a lot of energy just to breathe? And by working on breathing mechanics, you'd be amazed at how your life changes. It sounds too good to be true. I always ask, try to go without any breathing for more than four minutes and see how, how well that works for you. Well, if it's important to breathe, and we all know it is, then why not increase the quality of how you breathe and see how that changes your life. Try a life with full oxygenation. And this has been another Fact Podcast.